Section 24 of At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Mahratta War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Mahratta War, by G. A. Henty. Chapter 11, Part 2. The account was not satisfactory, but it did not shake Harry's determination. Questioning the Malays further, he found that they had heard, at Jahore, rumors that one of the chiefs on the border of Pahang was collecting a large force with the intention of attacking the Rajah, that the people of Jahore were erecting strong palisades round the town, and that the fighting men of the villages round had all been called in for its defense. "'When is this escort to come down?' he asked they started at the same time as we did my lord and will be here by this evening very well in that case i will land to-morrow morning at daybreak and start at once so that we shall reach johore to-morrow will you hire four men to act as carriers for us at the time appointed harry went on shore with the malay abdul and four troopers they had put in full uniform and harry had brought with him to shore an assortment of presents similar to those he had given to the tumangong the two messengers and the four natives as carriers were awaiting him and as he went up the beach he was joined by twenty malays with an officer of the rajah who saluted him profoundly the chief of the village was also there and accompanied the party until beyond its boundary after passing a few plantations they entered a dense forest the road was a mere footway apparently but little used the ground ascended rapidly and when they had gone a short distance some of the malay soldiers went scouting ahead the rest followed in absolute silence stopping frequently to listen it is quite evident abdul harry said in a whisper that what they said at the village is true and these people from johore consider the journey to be a very dangerous one they are evidently expecting a surprise and i am afraid that if we are attacked we shall not be able to place much reliance on them abdul shook his head what are we to do sahib if we are attacked it depends on what these malays do if they make a good fight for it we will fight too if not and we see that resistance is useless we will remain quiet it would be of no use for six men to fight fifty on such ground as this they would creep up and hurl their spears at us and though we might kill some of them they would very soon overpower us drop back and tell the four troopers that on no account are they to fire unless i give them the order presently the malays came to a stop and the officer hurried back to harry we have heard the sound of footsteps in the wood and one of my men says he saw a man running through the trees it may have been some wild beast harry said there are plenty of them in the wood i hear and your man may have been mistaken in thinking that he saw a human figure and even if it was so it might be some villager who on hearing us has left the path thinking us to be enemies it may be that the officer said when the words were translated to him but it is more likely that he was posted there to watch the path and that he has gone to tell his band that a party is approaching even if it were so harry said the band may be only a small one the officer moved forward and joined his men half an hour later without the slightest warning a shower of spears flew from among the trees followed immediately afterwards by a rush of dark figures several of the malay escort were at once cut down the rest fled at full speed harry saw that resistance would be hopeless 
and would only ensure their destruction he therefore called to his followers to remain quiet the four bearers however threw down their burdens and fled at full speed down the path just as a number of malays poured out on either side they were evidently struck with the appearance of harry and his followers but were about to rush upon them when a chief ran forward and shouted to them to abstain from attacking the strangers then he walked up to harry who was evidently the chief of the party who are you white man he asked and where are you going the interpreter replied that they were going on a visit of ceremony to the rajah of Jahore. we are his enemies the chief said and now you must come with us this lord the interpreter began but the chief waved his hand for him to be silent he waited for a quarter of an hour by which time he was joined by that portion of his followers which had pursued the malays many of them carried human heads in their hands and by the number of these harry saw that very few of his native escort could have escaped the chief ordered his men to pick up the packages that had been thrown down by the bearers and then turned off into the forest after a quarter of an hour's walk they arrived at a spot where a still smoking fire showed that the band had halted no pause was made however and the party kept on their way and in two hours time reached the foot of a high range of mountains that had been visible from the coast their climb was a severe one but in another hour they came out upon a flat plateau here in a small village a considerable body of men were gathered who hailed the arrival of their comrades with their ghastly triumphs of victory with loud shouts the chief of the band led his captives to a hut somewhat superior in appearance to the others in front of which stood a man whose bright attire and ornaments showed him to be a chief of importance who is this white man he asked and these soldiers who are with him the officer repeated the description that he had received from the interpreter whom he pointed out why was this white man going to Jahore? he asked he was sent by the white lord of india my lord ask him why he was sent i was sent to Jahore to ask the rajah if he would grant a trading station to the english we want no english on our coast the chief said there are the dutch at malacca some day we will turn them out so he was bringing presents to Jahore, was he yes my lord these are the parcels and he beckoned up the men who carried them these approached and humbly laid them at the rajah's feet i have to report my lord that there were twenty of Jahore's men with him these we killed did the white man and his soldiers aid them no my lord they stood quiet and offered no resistance therefore i brought them to you you did well you are sure that none of the Jahore men escaped to carry off the news that we were here quite certain we have the heads of twenty men and their officer good i will examine these things put the white man and this malay into a hut and the four soldiers into another who is this other man who is dressed differently he is the white officer's servant the interpreter said well he can go with his master then the four troopers were led off in one direction and harry and the others in another it was a hut roughly constructed of bamboos thatched with broad leaves while the entrance had no door the interpreter did not carry arms those of harry and abdul had been removed things have turned out badly abdul harry said very badly sahib i do not like the look of that rajah nor do i abdul i am convinced that he means mischief and we must get away as soon as we can have you got your knife with you so have i we must make a way out of the back of this hut 
a group of half a dozen malays had taken their seats on the ground at a distance of some fifteen yards from the entrance but had posted no sentries behind it as they were taken in harry noticed that there was a patch of grain and beyond that rose the forest these knives are no good against bamboo sahib no i know that but we might cut these rattans which bind them together in the first place dig down with your knife and see if the bamboos are sound underneath they may have rotted there you and i will stand at the entrance he went on to the interpreter then they cannot see in bamboos are quite sound sahib then we must try another way first cut the rattans but not in a line with the entrance a few feet on one side the wood was extremely tough and it was half an hour before abdul could cut through them and free three or four of the bamboo poles while he was doing this harry and the interpreter stood talking together apparently watching the movements of the malays we are going to try and escape harry said will you go with us or remain here they will certainly kill us if they overtake us there is just a chance that they will not kill us if we stay they will kill us the man said confidently it may not be to-day because the rajah will be looking over his presents and will be in a good temper but to-morrow they will come in and kiss us assuredly i will go with you when abdul announced that he had cut through the rattans harry joined him telling the interpreter to wait at the entrance till he called him what next master abdul asked the next thing will be to pull up the bamboos if you have cut all their lashings this ought not to be very difficult but it will make it easier if we cut the ground away as deep as we can on this side of them kneeling down they set to work with their knives and after half an hour's work they had laid bare the bottoms of four of the bamboos which were sunk two feet into the ground now abdul we ought to get them up easily enough with their united strength they pulled up a bamboo replaced it in its position and one by one got the other three up put them in again and lightly filled in the earth now we can go at a minute's notice harry said at any rate we had better wait till it is dark the sun had just set when they saw the rajah coming out of his hut he gave an order and the four troopers were brought out and placed in a line four natives took their places behind them chris in hand they are going to murder them harry exclaimed in horror now abdul there is not a moment to be lost it will be our turn next the guards had all risen to their feet watching what was going on three of the bamboos were plucked up in a moment this afforded an opening sufficiently large for them to pass through and keeping the hut between them and the guard they made their way through the plantation and dashed into the forest they heard yells of satisfaction in the village and harry had no doubt that the four troopers had been murdered they ran at full speed through the forest and ten minutes later heard loud shouts of dismay and had no doubt that a party had been sent to take them out to execution and had discovered their escape it was already almost dark under the thick shade of the trees but for half an hour they ran on the malay in advance for he could see any obstacles better than they could the habits and training of his youth having given him experience in such work for a time they had heard loud shouts behind them these had been useful in enabling them to keep a straight course the malay now turned and struck off at right angles to the line that they had been pursuing we must keep on for a time he said when they do not overtake us they will scatter through the forest in all directions for hours they toiled on sometimes at an easy walk sometimes breaking into a run 
at last the malay admitted that for the time they were safe and they threw themselves down on the ground to-morrow he said they will take up the search in earnest and will track our footsteps we had better take to a tree now it will not be safe to stay here the others cordially agreed as for some time they had heard the roars of wild beasts which abounded in these forests and harry and abdul had run with their open knives in their hands prepared for a sudden attack the others will have gone back to the village long ago the malay said when they had made themselves as comfortable as they could in the forks of the tree except the men who were guarding us they will not dare venture into the village for they would fear the rajah's anger even more than death from a tiger they will be first in the search to-morrow morning which way do you wish to go my lord i have been thinking it over as we came i think that our best plan will be to go on to Johore. doubtless the road down the coast will be watched how far from Johore do you think we are not very far the malay said we have been going in that direction ever since we first turned not very straight perhaps but certainly in that direction i think that we cannot be more than five or six miles from the town it lies between the hills we crossed and the higher ones beyond we have been descending a little all the time i am afraid that Johore will not be very pleased to see us arriving empty-handed and to learn that the escort he sent us have all been killed still the news that we bring him that his enemies are not far off will be useful to him and we will offer to aid him in the defence of his town if he is attacked at any rate it is a satisfaction to know that we have not very far to go and have got so good a start of the fellows behind us that they are not likely to overtake us before we get there more than once during the night they heard angry growling at the foot of the tree towards morning there was a scraping sound that is a leopard sahib the malay said in alarm he is climbing the tree to get at us abdul was sitting immediately below harry and the latter called to him to come up beside him mount as high as you can my lord the malay said the trunk is not so rough when you get higher and the beast will find it harder to climb we shall do better here harry said these two arms nearly opposite to each other are just the thing for us you can go out to the end of one abdul and i will go out to the end of the other we will climb out as far as we can and then he will have to follow us very slowly whichever way he chooses if he goes for you i will follow him if he comes my way you follow him when the bow gets thin he won't be able to turn round and the one behind can give him a sudden stab which will make him leave go his hold by the time he had finished speaking they were each far out on their respective branches and the leopard was close to the fork it paused a moment looked at the two men and after a moment's hesitation began to crawl out towards abdul harry at once made his way back to the trunk and then followed the animal abdul had gone out as far as he dared and holding on tightly swayed the end of the branch up and down the leopard as it approached him was evidently disconcerted and clung to the bough which was scarcely six inches in diameter at the point it had reached it snarled angrily as it became conscious that it was being followed harry feeling convinced that it could not turn came fearlessly up to it and then struck his knife into its loin as the blade was but some four inches long he had no hope of striking a vital point the leopard uttered a roar and tried to turn and strike at him with one of its forepaws but the blade again penetrated to its full depth this time on the other side and with a start it lost its footing 
clung for a moment to the branch with its forepaws and strove to regain its hold but harry brought his knife down again and again on one of its paws abdul crawling in quickly struck it under the shoulder and a moment later it released its hold and fell heavily through the foliage to the ground for a time it was heard roaring and then the sound came only at intervals and at an increasing distance that was a good business abdul harry said as they returned to their former post where the malay rejoined them it was well done indeed sahib when i heard the beast climbing the tree it seemed to me that as we had no weapons except these little knives he would surely make an end of one of us the interpreter did not understand marathi in which abdul and harry always conversed but he said in hindustani i have seen fights with leopards my lord but even with krises two of my men would hesitate to attack one they fear them more than tigers but little did i think that two men with small knives could save their lives from one my blood turned to water as i saw the beast climbing out on that bough and you going out after it i have done a good deal of tiger and leopard hunting in my time harry said and know that a leopard cannot spring from a bough unless it is a fairly stout one stout enough for it to stand with all its paws upon it well the day is beginning to break in half an hour's time the sun will be up and the wild beasts will have retired to their lairs i hope we shall see no more of them it is all very well to fight under such advantages but on foot were a tiger hiding near a path he would be sure to have one of us as we went along our knives would not do more than tickle him End of section twenty four recording by dion gines salt lake city utah